I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. Let's talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Before we get started today, we just want to shout out to our friends at the Nom Nom Project. This is a project. It's you. Well, (laughs) I mean, yes, I'm technically, it's me. It is me, but it's also my brother-in-law, another Life Through Fiction Productions podcast. It's pretty exciting. It's about the art, culture, and history of Vietnam. My brother-in-law and I are actually traveling there in April of 2022. So we're kind of preparing ourselves, studying the history, the art, the culture, all that stuff. So if you're interested, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts at The Nom Nom Project. You can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, or uh, wherever you get your social medias. All right, Andrew. So this week, I got to pick the movie. And having not seen almost any animated films... There wasn't it, a lot of options. There wasn't a lot of options. I Anime is probably the genre that I have seen the absolute least of, of every genre. It's just something I never got into. I don't know why. I guess it was just never on my radar exactly. So I picked an animated film, not anime, but an animated film, which was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Andrew, could you describe this movie to the listeners? Yeah, it's a Spider-Man animated movie about Miles Morales, who's a New York teenager, and he becomes Spider-Man. He and other Spider-Mans from different universes have to band together to defeat Kingpin. That's basically the movie, pretty much. Yeah, like you said, there wasn't a lot of options, but this is a movie I have somehow carefully avoided the past few years. I never saw it in theaters, even though people were very excited about it when it came out. And even when it was on streaming, I never watched it. Um, So this is probably a good excuse to finally just go ahead and watch it. Because like, I like Spider-Man. He's a good he's a good character. He's a good superhero for the most part, I think. I'm totally over superhero shit, but I'll watch it because it's been a few years. So You know, when I was a little kid, my cousin had like a she had one of those like old school cameras that you had to put like a little like tape in. You know what I'm talking about? You had to put a little tape recorder thing in to to use. Cause this was before digital cameras. Or I guess, yeah, because that's not digital, that's something else i don't know exactly what it is anyway she had one of these little cameras and i'd go over there every week and we would shoot little like short films and the only film i ever wanted to make like every single week were superhero movies because i fucking love super i mean what sam raimi's spider-man came out when we were what like six or seven came out like 2002 2003 i don't think i was allowed to watch it until i was a little older than that um, but I, I remember seeing Spider-Man 3 in theaters, but I don't think I saw Spider-Man 2 in theaters. I think I saw all of them in theaters. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing Spider-Man in theaters and I just fucking of all the superhero movies, Spider-Man's always been my favorite superhero. I don't know why. I think he's good. It just kind of hit. I think one of the reasons I like, you know, I guess might as well talk about all the Spider-Man movies, the Sam Raimi and whoever directed the amazing Spider-Man movies. I don't know who that is somebody i forget some no name <laughs> <clears throat> the new spider-man main new movies are also directed by some no name john um, watts yeah john watts john watts I know no that name one. who cares <laughs> yeah. 
But the thing I love about Spider-Man and the thing I love about the Spider-Man movies that differentiates it from many of the superhero movies that came out, of course, after it or before it, though superhero movies certainly weren't as common before Sam Raimi's trilogy, although they did exist, just not very common. The thing I love about the Spider-Man movies is they're always contained. They're always just kind of one guy living in New York and he's fighting a bad guy. Like the stakes are never, you know, the whole world's going to end. The whole universe is going to end. It's always just like New York, Brooklyn. It's very contained. And that's, that's what I love about it. Well, isn't Spider-Verse about the end of the universe into the Spider-Verse? And like these new Spider-Man movies, you say they're contained like the John Watts movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Iron Man like shows up in the first movie a lot. He sure does. And like Doctor Strange is in the third movie. I know that. Yes. What I mean contained is that although I've seen all the Marvel movies and I enjoy watching them, I think they're a fun time. I've seen all the DC movies because I love superhero movies. And even though I can grow tired of it at times, and I certainly don't think every Marvel movie is spectacular. I think you know, compare it to, say, the other Marvel movie that came out this year, Eternals. It's awful. It's an awful film. It's just, it's terrible. The reason that the new Spider-Man movie works so much better, which I know we're not... It's Spider-Man, so it counts. The reason it works, and Eternals does not work on any level, is because the stakes in Eternals, like almost every Marvel movie, is like the whole fucking world or the universe is ending. Where Spider-Man's just like, we're gonna fight some bad guys and they're here. And yeah, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like the universe is at stake, quote unquote, but Miles Morales is really only fighting for Brooklyn. Like that's what he cares about. That's what it's about. It's about New York. It's about Brooklyn, right? He's not traveling across the world. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, the whole movie is in New York City, which yeah, that's nice. But Miles Morales, he's a dude. He's a kid. He's like 14 15 supposed to be in middle school he's like a cool teenager i would say he's probably a slightly like younger than like maybe like peter parker is in like the um sam raimi spider movie spider-man movies you know maybe like an underclassman he's cool he's an artist his father's a cop who doesn't like spider-man he goes to a prep school who the kids at that school don't like him very much they think he's a joke and the prep school is like super hard and He's like, oh fuck, this sucks, and and uh, he visits his cool uncle, his his uh, he has a cool, who has a cool bachelor pad, and he's cool as fuck. And they go to a subway station so he can paint graffiti, and while he's there, a uh, spider bites him and he gets powers. Sure does. Is that spider from like another dimension or something? Is that the idea? It was kind of hard to tell. I think so. Yeah. Well, I think it's from another dimension because like one of the last shots of the spider, it's glitchy. So it must have come from somewhere else. Yeah, in like an earlier, I guess, test of because I don't, I must, I guess they must have tested the like thing, the whatever that puts universes together. It's like a hydron collider or something like that. Yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. It's a collider. Yeah, yeah. a collider is a, it's a MacDuffin. Whatever the MacDuffin is, the spider came into the universe. <laughs> but I love. I love the uh, the spray painting scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, actually, because it's hip. It's cool. Yeah, it's a cute scene. Maharsa Ali, who plays uh, Uncle Aaron. Great job. You know, he's do- he's doing great. He's having fun. He's really that character is really not in the movie enough, I think. I agree. Like I like he's I know he's he's meant to like kind of like disappear and he's like gone and he's evasive. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think he's in it enough. Yeah. To really like 
like you know spoiler alert when he dies like it's sad but like i don't know i just feel like he's not in it enough for me to like really you know dig in but he's all right he it's still good i definitely would have liked more of him i mean he's very much in the beginning of it so you kind of expect him to kind of be there because he plays the sort of father figure in miles morales life even though miles morales has a father who's you know doing the best he can he's a cop he's on the streets he's on the beat but uncle aaron's supposed to be this fatherly you know this other fatherly figure but after really the opening scene you kind of don't see him for a while which kind of sucks I, I would definitely love to see more of just him and miles just kind of like bonding and you know kind of going back and forth and i guess he does go there later in the film to talk to him which is when he figures out he's prowler and all that but I don't know. I think the spray paint scene, though, is cool. It looks cool. The music's fun. The animation, the animation actually. <laughs> so this is the largest project Sony ever did. It had over 180 animators on it. The animation style is a mix of CG and hand-drawn, which they layered over each other. And then they actually ended up copywriting the animation style, which I didn't know you could copyright a style, but, you know... <laughs> I guess when you're a big corporation, you can copyright everything. You copyright everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, but it, it is a very unique uh, animation style. Looks great. You know, have no complaints there on that end. Looks good. Um, I'm glad that it's not just straight CG when they put in more effort to make it look, uh, you know, obviously the effect is trying to make like a comic book kind of drawing look, mm -hmm. uh, which I appreciate. No complaints there. Looks really good. When there's a battle, they'll do like the pow, you know, like a sound effects. They'll like appear. That's really fun. Yeah, probably the best part of the movie is the fact that it does kind of like, I don't know, it just like does a good job of kind of like personifying um, comic books um, in an interesting way, which I think is missing from a lot of other superhero movies that are made um, that are really bland and boring and grounded to the point where it's like not even remotely fun anymore. Yeah, that's probably the best thing I can say about this movie for sure. So this is the third time I've seen this movie and I'm still kind of trying to understand how this world works because the way the film starts is you're introduced to a Spider-Man, but the Spider-Man exists. Yeah, like you're introduced to the Spider-Man that exists in Miles Morales' world. He's still a pop culture figure. So like he still has the comic books and he still has popsicles and like all these a cereal and yeah he's like famous i guess does that mean the comic books in that world are they just like biographies like just drawn biographies yeah that's what i'm assuming like i don't think like they had the comic books before spider-man became spider-man like it's like it's like yeah if, like you're a famous if you would be a famous superhero in the real world i guess you would have this all ephemera made of you um uh -huh. so yeah i guess like there already are comic books and items made that you can buy in real life so i guess they just kind of <laughs> inserted them in there i really enjoy the idea and i kind of wish they would have played with this more the idea of fame in superhero movies or especially fame in this movie which you know they kind of toy with and it's kind of poked fun at but you never really what i think is odd is whenever you watch any of the marvel movies even though they're like otherworldly beings or have like superpowers they never really play with the idea of fame or what it's like, like how they exist in the world. Like if you ever notice, if you watch, especially the modern Marvel movies, I guess the original Iron Man kind of does this, but they never really interact with like normal people or like the rest of the world. Like they're just kind of like off doing their own thing. A show that does this well is The Boys on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Most of the time that show is about like 
the superheroes like worrying about being like famous, but they're like superheroes, you know, um, rehabilitating their images. Um, that's probably the best, at least at this point, as far as I can remember, probably the best uh, superhero media shit um, that kind of talks about that. I think it does that pretty well. Yeah, I think The Boys is a very good interpretation of what superheroes would, how they would exist in the world. And of course, the idea of corporations kind of owning the image. And of course, the idea of, yeah, of course. the modern influencer, so to speak, would certainly be consumed by superheroes which I, they kind of touch on at the beginning here they kind of move away from later in the film but there are parts like when spider-man dies because miles morales is he's bit by a spider he finds the collider and the green goblin i like this version of the green goblin he's just like this giant-ass goblin thing yeah they find the collider and there's a big fight and uh, uh spider-man in miles morales's world is like Oh, you also have Spider-Man powers. Here, take this flash drive. Um, you needed to destroy the collider. And he's like, okay. And there's a big fight, and uh, Spider-Man dies. He fucking he just he dies. <laughs> Did you expect that? I kind of saw it coming because it's like Miles Morales is like he has the powers now, so of course he has to be alone, right? <laughs> I guess because like that's the thing that, that that's the whole idea of the movie right like you have the perfect spider-man and it's like this guy's gonna teach me everything i'm gonna be a, another spider-man and of course he has to die like <laughs> <laughs> he's too good he's too nice he's too nice yeah and everyone's like really sad and yeah miles is uh you know he's like a kid so he's just kind of like i don't know what i'm supposed to do <laughs> which like i said I, li- I like the character of miles he's pretty good like i, I didn't i didn't Sometimes like um, characters like that can kind of um, annoy me after a while, but I wasn't annoyed with Miles. I, I would say I was rooting for him uh, pretty much the whole time. Yeah, I like Miles. He's he's just living his life. And he, he lives the traditional Spider-Man lifestyle, which is... So I guess when we talk about like the John Watts Spider-Man, one of my big problems with it is like he immediately... Like even though he lives like an apartment in New York or whatever, like he has like all this money and Iron Man just gives him like all this shit. But like this one, which completely defeats the purpose of it defeats the purpose, like Spider-Man's whole thing is like he's kind of like oh, he's kind of lower class, like like working class, you know, like he's not rich. Miles Morales, I don't think he's supposed to be poor. He's more like middle class. You know what I mean? Yeah. His dad's a cop. His mom's a nurse. She works in the medical industry. I guess it's unclear. She could be a doctor or something unclear. But the whole reason he got into the school because it's a private school is the they do a lottery system in New York. So basically it's basically like you put your name into like a lottery system with a bunch of other people and he just has to get in but that's part of the reason why he kind of feels divorced from that and i do like that opening scene where he's walking to the school and he's walking by his old school so you kind of get introduced to you know what his life is like and kind of how his he's kind of pulled out of his community and put in this other community and he always feels divorced from that so when that spray painting scene comes it's kind of him moving back to his roots like the idea because he's supposed to read he's very report on great expectations and so like Great Expectations is, right, it's a book about a kid who doesn't have any money, and then this old lady, like, sees him, and she's like, I'm gonna give you all this money, which isn't technically what happens here. He's given the power and the responsibility of being Spider-Man, which is kind of like having a lot of money, I guess. You know, Andrew, with great power. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like, yeah, that's the other thing about the movie that I kind of think is kind of fun. You know, they kind of play on like the Spider-Man character and all its cliches and stuff like that. And which I I can appreciate. Sometimes it kind of, it starts to be not funny after a while. Um, But I thought it was fine in this movie. I thought it was pretty funny for the most part. 
all that stuff, all the meta E stuff was pretty good. So Spooderman is dead. Miles Morales goes to his funeral and they're all wearing like masks. And that's also, they have the, it's the final film that Stan Lee is in. It's his final performance because he died like a couple months after his recording and before the film came out. And I think it's, it's a pretty good final, uh, it's a good goodbye for, for Stan Lee. I think it's, it's funny. It's too bad he was throttled around before he died by <laughs> his uh, allegedly throttled around and used as like a puppet, <laughs> allegedly. But yeah, that was, that was cute enough. Yeah, it was touching. But Spooderman is dead, and now it is up to Miles Morales to become the new Spider-Man. He kind of, he fucks up right away, which is great. He like tries to like unlock his powers and try to see if he can do anything. And you know, you have that pretty funny scene where he realizes that his uh, hands are sticky and he like funny, you know, funny little cute little scene in the school where, you know, he's getting his hands stuck everywhere. And and then you have the scene after Spider-Man dies where he's trying to like jump off buildings and stuff, but he falls because he can't do it. Like he's just not very confident in his powers. Um, and, you know, as we talked about, you know, it's kind of funny. He kind of has like the blueprint to do it, right? Like at least he thinks he does. Like he has like the comic book and he's just like, okay, how did like... um the other spider-man how did the first spider-man how did he uh, learn his powers it's like okay went on top of the building and then he did that and, and he tries to do it but he fails because like you know it's just maybe not the right route that he has to go right um to in order to unlock his abilities um and his confidence in himself um so of course he fails a bunch and he decides to go to spider-man's grave to be like, uh, yo, I don't know what to do. And I think when he falls to, he breaks like the, the drive too. And he's just like completely, he's completely beside himself. Yeah, Miles Morales, he screwed up. He's like, I thought I had it. Because he had all the, he had all the literature. He read all the books. This is what they told him to do. Because I guess it seems to me the Spider-Man this version is the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. It's basically Tobey Maguire. Like it fought, that's the story is, right? Because he does all the... Toby Maguire stuff. The Spider-Man that died. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to do it. He's going to jump off a building. He falls. He breaks a goober. He goes to the grave. He's like, I can't do this. I can't be Spider-Man. You know, classic superhero movie move. He meets one Peter B. Parker. The Peter B. Played by Jake Johnson. And <laughs> just probably the worst Spider-Man. Not just not very good at his job. They they set up so like yeah, Peter B. Parker is a is a Spider Man from another universe who's transported there because of the collider explosion or whatever. Um, and uh, he's like a schlubby Spider Man. He's like rotund. He's divorced. Um, and he's depressed and he's suicidal. And they get into uh the scene where he accidentally like knocks him out. Miles does, and then they go do this thing where um, you know, he's got like his like web they're sticking together and then they um, accidentally like hook onto a train the police are chasing after them and like this train is just whipping them around and stuff and you know fun little scene that was a really fun scene very fast animation wise very fun and peter's like uh, and you know they meet and he's like oh you're peter parker from another can you like help me and you know peter b parker like i said is completely depressed and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. <laughs> I want to die. So he, do he doesn't, no one ever says the word die or kill. Well, maybe they say kill, like kill other people. There's no mention of like suicide, but he's clearly suicidal, right? Yeah. It's it, suicidal as a PG movie can get, I guess. Should have been PG-13. I'd be down with that. I'd watch it. Let's make an R-rated Spider-Man movie. Why not? Let's see some blood. Let's see some gore. Let's, let's see some nudity. Let's see some serious, 
sexy stuff going on. We need like a bad lieutenant Spider-Man, I think. Andrew, call it Marvel. Tell them we have the next Spider-Man movie. Yo, have you ever seen Bad Lieutenant? What if you like <laughs> just had like Spider-Man do that stuff? But no, unfortunately, this is PG, so it's a it's a kids movie. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is. Even though they argue for a while about this stuff, Peter Parker agrees to train Miles, um, but they have to go to kingpin's company yeah they have to go to like the place that's like developing the technology to steal the information again is basically the idea yeah i think it's oscorp is the corporation yeah they have to go to oscorp and uh they have to infiltrate it to steal the data again to make the hard drive again i like that miles has like a different abilities too which is kind of fun you can turn invisible and he's got the electric shock thing too it's fun i, I fuck with that that's fun <laughs> it's a little bit different peter b parker breaks into the facility he, well he runs through his whole plan which is fun and then he he breaks into the facility and kingpin shows up miles morales is like i gotta do something i can't kill another spider-man he already did it once he doesn't want to do it again so he's chasing after him and then they're both in there and peter b parker's doing his thing you know he's he's been doing this for like 20 something years so he, he's got his shit down he's got it packed down and miles morales is getting stuck to everything he just he can't you can't not get stuck to things. And Peter B. Parker's like, you gotta, you gotta just chill, man. You gotta chill. Yeah, they're completely bungling it. Yeah, <laughs> not doing a great job. It's it's, it's pretty. Fun. It's a cute scene. It's a funny scene. Because they 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 bust in. They're able to bust in, but they get caught like right away. Immediately, <laughs> just so quickly. Because Miles Morales, he's he's still learning the ropes, man. He's figuring shit out. But luckily, Miles Morales can turn invisible, so he's invisible. And then Spider Man is trying to. Uh, Sweet talk, Olivia Octavius, who, of course, ends up being Doc Ock. And she has... I like this version of Doc Ock because her tentacle things... They look like tubes. Yeah, they're like tubes. And they can do like different... They have like different attachments. I don't know how you get the attachments. I don't know how that works. I think that's fun. Miles Morales, he can't like figure out how to to put in the password. So he's just like, I'm just going to take the whole thing. I'm just going to take the computer. Yeah, he like takes the computer and the monitor and they're like running away and... Yeah, she like, by the way, like, I will say that this scene, I think it's a good time to bring it up. This scene reveals probably the biggest plot hole in the movie for me. So Doc Ock, Olivia Octavius, she ties down Peter B. Parker and she's like, oh, wow, you're a Peter Parker from another dimension. That's cool. Look, like your cells are degrading, like you're going to die, like eventually. So the idea, so the reason why Kingpin wants to create the collider is that he wants to bring back his dead family members because he got into a fight with Spider-Man and his family saw, and then they drove away too fast and then they died. They got hit by a truck and he's upset and he wants his family to see his family again. So he's like, Oh, okay, well what, we can make a collider and then we can bring in like other people, like another version of his family, but he's irrational because people keep telling him like, dude, it's going to make a big black hole. Like a black hole is going to, you know, be created. And it's going to destroy the world. And he's like, whatever. I'm okay with that. Even if that weren't the case, his his that family would die again, right? Because they were brought into this universe. Yeah, yeah. But Kingpin, I think Doc Ock knows that. No, she does. Why doesn't she tell Kingpin like, hey, like even if it did work, they would die again? Because Kingpin's irrational. He won't listen to anybody. It doesn't matter. He's just gonna do what he wants. He doesn't care like if they're gonna die because he's just like, I'll just bring in another one. Like I think his thought is like he'll just bring in, he'll just keep bringing in families forever. Like, I think that's the idea. So again and again, he'll watch his like family die over and over. That's it's that's better. I'm not saying it's a good plan. It's irrational. He's sad. He's a sad, sad man. 
I don't know. Like, I just think like the kingpin, like I got to bring back my family because I'm sad. I, I understand that like him being irrational about like the black hole stuff because he thinks that whatever. But it just seems kind of silly that like, like they know that they would die if they're there too long and also like every time they would probably have to bring in a family kingpin would have to be like yo like i'm kingpin from this universe you know i know you guys like the kingpin in the other universe but my family dies so you're gonna have to hang out with me for a while until you eventually degrade like that the plan is just so like bad but does Doc Ock ever tell Kingpin? Because she doesn't learn until Peter B. Parker. Why would she not? T- like, I don't understand why you wouldn't tell him. You know what I mean? Like, that seems like an important point. Like, even if you, like, even if it were successful, they would still die and you would maybe have to use it again. Well, maybe he's thinking like they can fix that. Like there's some like serum that he can make to like fix it. Because he's not a scientist. He's he's like he's a big I know he's like a I know he's a I rich know. guy. He's a big rich guy who thinks he could with enough money, he could do anything. Yeah, em- emphasis on big. He's a big guy. <laughs> I like his the way he looks. He's just like so he's got that tiny little head and his giant ass shoulders. It's fun. Yeah, I like him too. I like in the final scene where he's like jumping around like a like green goblin or something like that. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wasn't just like I wasn't super captivated with like that stuff. Like I just you can't like think for a second. You know, like you can't like be rational for even just a second about this. Like, I understand he's upset, but like, even if like, even if the world didn't explode, it still wouldn't. What do you think Kingpin should have done? Why is he building the collider? I know he's upset about Spider-Man and he wants his family, but I don't know. I'm just not like super interested in like the villain shit going on. It's just not my favorite part of the movie, but it's okay. It's not awful. It's just, I don't know. But anyways, they're running away and they're, they're swinging. Miles Morales starting to learn things. Peter B. Parker, he's teaching them the things. But Doc Ock is, she's got this like saw thing. She's cutting down trees. They're losing ground. They're losing ground. And then they get caught in a web. And that's when we meet the third version of, or the fourth version of Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy. Spider-Woman. We met her earlier because she was like a student at the school um, where Miles like fucked up her hair with his like sticky hands um which by the way i like i like how the movie um works in like the spider sense i think that's a good personific like you know because it's like a silly animated comic book like movie the spider sense stuff makes sense and i think it's nice nice but yeah spider woman she's cool she defeats them and they get away and yeah it's like gwen stacy and she's you know, she's like, I got, I got into this universe and for some reason I felt like I had to go to the school or whatever. And yeah, so now they're all three of them are friends. They're best buddies. They're, they're best budding around. I suppose. And they need to fix, they got the, the hard drive, but now they need to create a new flash drive. Which by the way, by the way, another thing that I think is kind of weird. Like, don't like companies usually have like servers that they have all their stuff on? Yes. So I don't understand, like, like taking the computer, like I get the idea, like it's not like that far-fetched. Like there might, there probably is something on there that they could use, but I feel like some of the most secret and important stuff that a company like that would have would be like on a secure server at the company there at the location. And if you took the computer, there wouldn't be anything on it for you to access. You know what I mean? Right. Like it wouldn't be on Doc Ock's individual computer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know why it would. I mean, I don't think it's like that far-fetched or crazy, but that doesn't seem right to me. But that that's okay. That's okay. I'm willing to look past it. Good point. But we overlook it because, again, it's a children's movie about web-slinging 
spider people i don't care if it's a children's movie like i still i children aren't dumb you know like i'm willing to uh break it down like any other movie <laughs> i know that seems harsh but whatever man so they they need to figure out what to do with this little server thing so they take it to aunt may and this is the aunt may of the dead her son died peter parker yes her son died and she's pretty cool she's She's hip. She's with it. She's like a cool old Aunt May who's who's got shit going on. And they're like, we need help. And she brings them to the spider lair. It, yeah, it's the back cave. It's it's got the little uh the spider mobile. Do you see that on like the back? I actually didn't see that. There's a car. There's a spider mobile. They also have like it's like an Iron Man bat cave thing where they have like the different Spider-Man outfits. Like that's very, you know. And then that's when we meet the three other spider people. Yeah, the different versions of them, like Spider, Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, and Spider-Ham. I like Spider-Man Noir because, of course, he is voiced by one of the greatest actors of all time. Nicolas Cage. I'm not, exa- <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, so it's good to hear his voice. Penny Parker is like a, like an anime version where like she's like a young girl, but she has like a robot mm-hmm. friend with like the, where the spider is in it. The spider's in the robot, yeah. Which is interesting. And Spider-Ham, which is like cart- very cartoony version of him. And, you know, they each have like their own interesting art styles and they kind of like influence the world that they're in um, with that. So like, it's kind of fun. This is my favorite parts. This, these are my favorite parts of the movie because it feels like a team together, kind of like an Ocean's Eleven thing, which I like, where it's like they're all getting together trying to figure out what to do which I think I appreciate more. Um, I, I feel like it took a while to get to this point, which is a little annoying, but I just kind of wish we got to this point a little bit quicker. I just feel like there's so much stuff that happens. Like the, there's so much time that passes before we get to this point. Um, and yeah, I just like the whole team, like working together, interacting with each other. Like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it does take, I mean, I think we're already an hour or so into the movie before we meet the three new, the team comes together, which I mean, I guess you have to establish Miles Morales as the new Spider-Man. It always surprises me how far into the movie this is. Like when I think back on it, I always think it happens a lot earlier than it does. But honestly, there's not really anything before that that I would that I would consider unnecessary or that they should cut out. I mean, I guess maybe you can make the stealing of the server thing a little bit shorter, but maybe, maybe it should just been longer. A longer movie? It's already two hours. Why not? Because it's a two hours kids movie. <laughs> All these other movies are like two and a half hours. Well, how the new Spider-Man movie, isn't it like almost three hours? Yeah, I guess. I know it's an animated movie, so it's like harder to make, but still. That's a good point. I guess the new Spider-Man movie was like two and a half. So yeah, I, I would have watched more. I could have seen more of it. And then I guess kind of on your point is once the team is there, it does kind of quickly jump towards the end. Like it moves at a much rap- more rapid pace than it did in the first half. I like all the new spider people. They're all actual. So every spider person in this world were already comic book characters. So all those like versions had already been written before. I think Peter Porker was first written in 1983. Yeah, they're all real stuff. They're all real characters. They're all they're real, which is nice. Like you're you're t- you're actually I think of all the superhero movies, this one lends itself the most to comic books and definitely, I think, takes the most from comic books. The anime one, Penny Parker, she was written by uh, the guy who did My Chemical Romance. I don't know that guy's name. Gerard Way. That's interesting. I didn't know that uh, Gerard Way was a comic book writer. That's interesting. They're pretty cool. It's a fun series. And then Spider-Man Noir. I don't know a lot about that one, but I do know it exists. So it's nice that they're grabbing from actual comic books and 
you know, bringing inspiration and the different animation styles, which are, it's kind of fun to blend those. I like the idea of Spider-Man Noir being in black and white. So I guess, I guess you can only see in black and white. I think so. Yeah. Right. Because he looks at the Rubik's cube. Yeah. Which is a funny little joke. Um, isn't like uh, the new Spider-Man, isn't it, isn't it basically like just this movie, but it's the movie Spider-Man's, not necessarily the comic book Spider-Man's? Yeah, so I, I don't want to spoil too much because I know there's this big move. I don't give a fuck. Well, not for you, Andrew. I'm not talking about you. No one fucking cares about you, Andrew. Oh, spoiler alert for any <laughs> Spider-Man movie for people for the, listening. For our listeners, the ones that actually matter. Yeah. <laughs> the new Spider-Man movie basically is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse but live action like it's it's kind of the same thing i mean there's no miles morales which is sad but I, because he's not he's not a movie he's not a movie character but it seems like they're gonna bring him in so but yeah it's basically the same thing they bring back like they bring back all the bad guys and then all the toby Maguire and uh andrew garfield come back which is fun it's fun to see andrew andrew garfield and uh, toby Maguire back in as spider-man again i think toby Maguire is a more interesting spider-man now a more believable spider-man now than he was back when he was playing spider-man which is fun he's just like an old an old man playing spider-man and andrew garfield even though the andrew garfield spider-man movies not any good in my opinion which is my personal opinion it was nice to see him back as spider-man and he does a does a pretty good job it's but i think spider-man the spider-verse does a better job than the new spider-man movie does in my opinion but that, i don't know they all get together and they all kind of talk about what they have to do and they basically they're like okay one person needs to stay behind in order to destroy the collider and miles like i can do it like i live here like i you know that's fine but they're like can but they're just like you know he lacks experience like you know what i mean they like test him they beat him up they like kind of like you know they see what he they really like they slap the shit out of him <laughs> kind of mean yeah miles is just like very upset and he runs away to see his uncle because yeah they they, they test him to see if like he, he would even be able to attempt to um help them in any way um but he's so un he's just not confident with his abilities yet you know and so he disappears he runs away to see his uncle aaron and he's writing him a note and he hears someone come to the window so he's freaking out he hides and it's the Prowler. And he's like, oh shit, what's the Prowler doing here? And of course there's a reveal. Prowler takes off his fucking mask thing. And it's Uncle Aaron. He's Prowler. He's the bad guy. Oh my gosh, who would have thought? Not good. So now, yeah, so now Miles is like, oh great. And so Miles foolishly return, goes back to May's house. Because they show, they show right away that the Prowler knows he's been followed. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So he's like, oh, it must be Spider-Man. And so Miles foolishly goes back to May's house. He was followed, of course. And Penny has the new drive, so they're ready to go. And But then a bunch of bad guys show up. Bunch of bad guys. <laughs> like all of them do. All of them, except Green Goblin. Under, underutilized bad guy, in my opinion. Like, he's in the beginning, and he's in the end, but he should have been... I mean, he would have just killed everybody. He would have he done it. It would have just been him. But, you know, whatever. They bring back the lizard guy comes. I don't know his name. Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion's there. What's the gray guy? Tombstone. Tombstone. Doc Ock's there. And the spider people are fighting the, which is fun. I think that's a fun scene to watch kind of their different abilities. That's a fun scene, yeah. I, I thought the action in that scene was good. Of course, Miles Morales, he doesn't know what to do. He's running around. He's running away. Yeah, he has no idea. And he's about to kill 
Aaron's about to kill Miles. And Miles is like, bro, I'm, you know, I'm Miles. And he's like, oh, oh, no. All right, I won't kill you. You're my nephew. I would never kill you. And then Kingpin just shoots him. <laughs> if Kingpin is such a great shot, well, I guess Prowler is in front of him. Because why? I guess Prowler is in the way of Miles Rouse, because otherwise Kingpin would have just shot Spider-Man himself. Because <laughs> he hates he hates all Spider-Men. All Spider-Men yeah. are bad. Yeah, they all should die. <laughs> they all should die. But they kill Uncle Aaron. He's dead. And Miles is like, oh no. And he like gets him to like an alley and Aaron's like, yo, look, I'm sorry, uh, you, but you're doing a good job or whatever. And he's like, okay. Um, and his dad catches them and he thinks like Spider-Man killed Aaron and Miles like he gets like dealt like such a bad hand in every single way you know what I mean it's like he doesn't know his powers well he almost like ruins his friend's plan his friends don't like trust in him at all he his uncle dies and his dad wants to also kill him now because he thinks he killed Aaron Um, a lot of stuff happens like like once like you said once like team gets together a lot of happens like the whole sequence like it's pretty good but like it happens very quickly the ensuing events it's fast yeah and so miles he feels like shit so he he goes back he goes back to his dorm and he just wants to be alone and all the spire people come and they're like hey we know how you feel which by the way in the new spider-man almost the exact same scene like they do the same thing like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come and they're like, we get it. I can't remember who dies. Someone dies. In, oh, uh, spoilers again. But Aunt May, Tom Holland's Aunt May dies. She's dead. Killed. Dead. If you're Peter Parker or whatever, someone close to you just has to die. Like, that's just the rule. Mm-hmm. That's like the That's the part of the Spider-Man lore. Each one has like their own little story like that. The roommate, who ends up being Ned, comes in. So they all like jump to the ceiling and they do like a little crawl around thing. And then Ned sees them and then they have to like knock him out or something. Put him on, unco- you know, classic, put him unconscious, but not kill him kind of thing. And then all the other Spider people leave and it's just Peter B. Parker and Miles. And Miles is like, I got to do this. You know, there's no reason you should stay. I got to do my thing. Like, I got to help you out. And he's like, no, man. You're just not ready. And he like tests them. Like he goes through like the whole thing. He's like, you know, turn invisible or whatever. And Miles just can't do it. And it's, it's a pretty intense moment. It's sad. It's a sad moment. You're like, damn, poor Miles Morales. He just, he literally cannot catch a break. I mean, this, this kid's uncle died like 24 hours ago. He also saw his Spider-Man die only like two days. Like this all happens in like a span of a couple of days. Miles Morales, he's just been beaten around. <laughs> he's not having a good, good week. And Peter B. Parker's just like, you're just not ready, man. So he puts him in all the web things. And then they all leave and they're all sad because they wanted him to like fight back. But Miles Morales wasn't ready. And they're all sad and they're swinging away. And then his dad comes. Miles Morales' dad comes. And he's on the other side of the door. He's like, sad news. And there's like a touching moment. They're like, you know, a father-son thing. But of course, Miles Morales can't talk because he's got like a little web thing on his mouth and it's sad it's a sad moment but it, it it the conversation inspires miles to the point where he now has his abilities out of nowhere 
and he builds he does a thing where he makes his own you know his own spider-man costume that's his own style and he's able to turn invisible and do everything that he wants to and yeah he's just uh inspires him and he is able to be his own individual spider-man guy he's completely his own and he has control now yeah he does his own little spider-man montage which i love the spider-man montage i love that moment where he jumps off the building and it's it's like he's falling but the it's like upside down you know what i'm talking about that's my favorite scene in the movie it looks really cool that stuff's good yeah it's I, I like that stuff yeah. quite a bit kind of talking about the music a bit i can't think it's kind of like hit or miss like i think there's some you know, there's some real bops in there I don't like the pop songs at all. I thought I think all the pop songs suck. I think the score is pretty good. The instrumental score is good, but I don't really care much for like the um, a Post Malone pop songs or a lot of the pop songs in there. I don't really care. There's a Biggie song which works, and there's there's some other stuff that works. I don't care. It feels thrown in. It uh, it feels a bit pandering most of the time. He's New York City. He's New York City rap. New York City, baby. New York City. New York City, the greatest <laughs> fucking city in the world. <laughs> You know, we're we're live. That's the city we are. The movie takes place in. <laughs> but one thing that I did learn about the music is the way they recorded it is they recorded the music, and then they put it onto vinyl, and then they converted the vinyl back in into the soundtrack. So it's actually so they actually hired a professional DJ to like scratch. So like all the scratches in it are actual like like they went and scratched it which I think is cool. Do you mean the score? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like every time they like scratch, they like put it on vinyl and then they recorded the vinyl and like scratched it like live as they were going through it, which I think sounds cool. I think it works. It's fun. I like the score, but it seems like a lot of work. So <laughs> seems like, like I didn't notice, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's cool, I guess. But that's like, I feel like sometimes I feel like people do things in movies just to like, have people like read it i mean i like a lot of, i like high effort but that feels like a little too much like that kind of made me hate it more so it's just kind of like who cares i don't care i don't care if you did that <laughs> who cares like as long, when, as if the movie works with the music then like why do we need it i don't know i don't know i'm being mean hey man <laughs> you are i mean it, but yeah i agree it's kind of like when leonardo dicaprio right he ate raw meat for uh the revenant can you need to do that? <laughs> yeah, like, shut up. Who cares? Like, you just want the Oscar. Shut up. <laughs> but whatever. They did it. And Miles Morales, he's there. But he's, he's Spooderman now. He's got it. He's there. And yeah, he did now it. all the other spider people are going to break into Kingpin's party gala. And of course, they're all dressed up as Spider-Man. So they just, they just put on bow ties. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, they walk in. That 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 whole scene where they break in is really funny. That scene should have been longer. Like I said, I like the team when they're like working together and interacting with each other. That's fun. That's legitimately fun. And Pierre B. Parker uh, meets not his version of MJ, but the MJ from that universe, and she just wants some bread. And he, <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that that part's pretty <laughs> funny too. Yeah. He failed to get her bread, man. Because she thinks he's a waiter. Yeah, so now I think after that scene where they kind of do the, like the little Ocean's Eleven thing, mm -hmm. um, I think now we get to like the collider battle. It's the big superhero final fight scene. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> everybody fights everybody. Miles, of course, comes in at the right time and they're like, oh my God, he's here. He's awesome. He did it. He saves people. He's ready to help them. It's a big moment. Everybody's able to return, I think. Everybody jumps in the thing. They all jump in the thing. 
and then Miles and Kingpin have to fight a while before he's able to shut it down. I believe. Yes, there's a real fisticuffs. Kingpin like jumping around and stuff is so funny. It's I, I was distracted at that one part where like they're fighting and then Spider Man jumps onto the train and then he just appears. Kingpin appears like inside the train. Yeah, like how did he get into the train? How did he get into the train so quickly? Did he jump? Did you run? <laughs> With his little tiny legs? He was a, he was on a completely other different like thing. They were fighting and then he gets onto the train. Miles like take like it takes him like two seconds to like, you know, quickly get onto it. And then Kingpin just like appears right next to him. It's like, how did he get there? Like that's just <laughs> what the heck happened? Yeah, one of my biggest complaints with this movie. Is I don't really want to see Kingpin fight because he's not like he doesn't have any superpowers like everyone else. Like he's just big. He's just a big guy. And he's supposed to be like I'm fine with him being like the mastermind behind the whole thing. Like that's cool, but like have someone else fight. And I get it's supposed to be like a moment of like you know you're fighting arch nemesis or whatever. But like it doesn't. Even though Miles Morales only been Spider Man for like two days, like. Kingpin has no superpowers. He can't swing from webs. He, I guess he's unusually strong. Is he? That's a superpower. I mean, I don't know. He's like, when he like punches people and stuff, it seems like he's like supposed to be like extremely strong. I guess so. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Unclear. Maybe, maybe, maybe when we were wrong that he doesn't have superpowers, like maybe he has like a back, like maybe he has a backstory where like something happened and he's just unusually strong or something. Yeah. I guess that could be it. But I don't, I don't, I don't know much about him. But yeah, he's more like a like a mob yeah. boss, you know, like a, <laughs> like a Mars Scorsese. Like, but they're fighting, and his family shows up. Kingpin's family. And He's like, I gotta, I gotta get you back. Like I gotta reach you. But of course, even in all the other universes, still hate him. Like they, they hate Kingpin in all the universes. <laughs> this man cannot catch a break. Yeah, they, his plan is completely destroyed, and so. He um, attempts to kill Miles, but his dad's there. Miles' dad's is there. And he's like, come on, Spider-Man, get up and get him. <laughs> and he, so he does get up. He beats up Kingpin. And uh, using the power of love, he's able to destroy the collider. <laughs> he destroys the collider. Yeah, he, you know, uh, his dad, Miles' dad, you know, he's like, oh, Spider-Man, you're a hero. You know, I shouldn't have doubted you. I'm sorry. And, you know, Kingpin... and you know, is arrested and I know they're bad guys. And, and of course he doesn't know it's miles. And then, yeah, you get like a little montage where miles is like, you know, he's the new Spider-Man, right? He's the new Spider-Man in New York city because the other one died and he's, you know, he's chilling. He, he's now confident in his abilities. Um, but he's like a young teenage boy, you know, he's got his own style. He's got his own way of doing things because the whole time, the whole movie, he's just completely like beside himself. He can't do anything. And then by the end, you know, he's the man. He's the Spider-Man. He's Spooderman. He did it. <laughs> then, of course, the movie ends on a cliffhanger because we have to have sequels. So many sequels. And it ends with... Uh, you can't just end. You gotta have all of the Spider-Man movies. Forever. So it ends with a little, like, someone from another universe. Gwen shows up. She doesn't show up, but you hear her voice, and there's a blue thing. Thus, Spider-Man Across the Universe, part one. Come out in 2022. Final thoughts, Austin. I love this movie. I have so much fun watching this movie. This is the only movie I've ever seen in theaters twice. Well, not the only movie. It's one of the very few movies I've seen in theaters twice. I saw it almost back to back. Like I saw it in December when it came out and I saw it like a month later. I enjoyed the experience every time. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. The animation is just 
awesome. It's cool. It's interesting. It's unique. It's it's it has its own thing going on. I love all the different versions of Spider-Man. I do wish there was more of the team. Like, I'd love to see more of Spider-Man Noir. I'd love to see more of Penny Parker and Peter Porker and all those other people. I'm super excited for the new one. I really don't have any complaints. I'm not a huge fan of the final fight scene. Like, I think it runs a little long. Like, it runs like 20-ish minutes, which it feels a little long, honestly, in retrospect. But it's a good time. It's fun. I'm excited for the new one. So... I'm gonna give this film a solid nine out of ten. I think I, I think I ended up liking it more than I thought I would. Um, you know, for me, a movie like this, I, it's just not really for me. It's just kind of like more of like a kiddie movie, which I don't really care too much for. Um, anybody can enjoy it, and I enjoyed it, of course. Um, but yeah, like you said, good animation style, look good. I don't really have any complaints there. You know, Miles is a good character. He's fun. You root for him the whole time. Um, like you said, the team is good. More of that stuff would have been nice. There are certain parts I wish there were less of. There's some parts I wish there were more of. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, though, like when I watch it, I'm like, okay, this is good, but I, I just can't seem to like really connect with it on a very um, powerful level. Like I just can't really seem to uh, feel very inspired by it or, you know, just, I don't know. But it's definitely like, I'd rather, I definitely appreciate the colorful in vivid style compared to like a stupid mm. like eternals you know drab nightmare <laughs> that you might watch this feels way more appropriate especially for a spider-man movie so yeah um definitely not a bad movie at all good enjoyable you know not really a movie for me i think but um i can't um i can't doubt that it's uh just you know uh, pretty solid um i'll give it a seven out of ten next week we will be watching princess mononoke a hayao miyazaki classic andrew's pick we're all very excited please tune in thank you for listening you can find me at austin lugo one two you can find me at twitter at adharp24 you can also find me on letterbox at retro andrew r-e-t-r zero andrew and you can find this podcast wherever you hear podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at YouTube at with nothing to say podcast. You can also find anything we're doing here at the company at life through fictions at life through And thank you once again to Shannon, our amazing editor. And thank you all for listening. <laughs> <laughs>